0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths of the Prince of Peace. Isaiah prophesied his name is called Prince of Peace.
1: The angels sang, at the shepherds field, as you know, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men in Luke 2.14. What an incredible night. Can you imagine being there? Jesus told his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. By now, we've all seen the images of the bedlam ensued by the doorbuster Black Friday deals, enticing frantic Christmas shoppers into the malls of America. But wasn't the message of the angel to the shepherds on earth peace, goodwill toward men? While well, coming up, Pastor Xavier sets out to decipher what has clearly been lost in translation as to the reason for the season this Christmas by pondering the simple truths of Isaiah chapter 9. Let's listen. Isaiah the prophet in our text here gives to us
1: three things regarding the Messiah that were prophetic. He says, 9 verse 6 to 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us... And so Isaiah gives to us three things that are so incredibly from the prophetic standpoint because, as you know, prophecy is speaking forward something that hasn't happened yet. The mystery of his birth, the beginning of verse 6. Second, the character of his kingdom in verse 7. And then you have the nature of his office at the end of verse 6 there. So the mystery of his birth comes first. Notice the prophet Isaiah here prophesied, for unto us a child is born. The proclamation announced the birth of a child focusing on this humanity of birth. The pronoun us speaks of this Jewish nation, but at the same time, the pronoun us also encompasses the human race because way back in Genesis twelve three, God said, "In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God, in his extreme misunderstood love from the worldly perspective, but very clear to the believer, in his loving compassion, he always included all of fallen mankind. But he began with a nation. The combined statement describes the person of the mystery here. He's human and yet divine at the same time. The process of God becoming man It's given to us in many portions of scripture. In John 1.1 it says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and God was the word. And then in verse 14 it says. And the word became flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. God took on human flesh. Paul, the apostle, describes it for us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. This says, being in the form of God, he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself, what's called the kenosis. He emptied himself not of his deity, but of his glory. And he took on the form of a servant, and he humbled himself and was obedient to the death of the cross. Listen to First um, Timothy three sixteen says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, believed, and received up the glory. Right here, he just described again, Philippians chapter two verse five through eleven. God was in heaven. He emptied his throne. He divested himself. He came down, served, washed feet, died, rose from the dead. He returned up to his glory, sitting at the right hand of the Father. The mystery of his birth is revealed by God. No man could know this, that Isaiah is saying. God revealed this to Isaiah. But notice, second, we have the character of his kingdom in verse 6 there and 7. Isaiah prophesied the government would be upon his shoulders. Specifics of the government being upon his shoulder. Symbolic here of Master's state who had a rod or a key laid upon their shoulders representing honor and majesty and honor and authority over their tasks to govern. And so Jesus, as reigning Messiah, doesn't force himself upon anybody. He's a perfect gentleman. One day he will rule in the kingdom age when he comes with his bride and up. but right now we're in the age of grace. He's calling people out to himself. But notice also Isaiah here prophesied of the increase of his government and peace there would be no end. So his government, unlike man's, will be eternal. Every empire of the world has come to an end. Rome reigned long, probably the longest of all. And yet, it fell apart from within. His kingdom will never end. Now his coming reveals itself in two ways in fact um, Jesus preached in the synagogue there in Nazareth in Luke 4 and he closed the book as I said only proclaiming the first coming and he closed it right in the middle that went on to the second coming and so he took the book of Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 and 2 and he stopped two different distincts coming the first time he came he came to die for the world to call people to himself the church the second coming He comes back with his church to judge the world. But God doesn't want to work through judgment. Isaiah says it's a strange way for God to work. He would much rather forgive than ever bring judgment. And yet God is always being accused of being this God of wrath. Even people say there's a God of wrath in the Old Testament. There's a different God of love in the New Testament. Really? Have you ever read, Noah found grace in the eyes of God? If you're gonna start the doctrine of grace, you don't start in the New Testament, you start in the Old. Because Noah and his sons and their wives all deserve judgment, but they believed the revelation of God and the rest of the world was destroyed while they were saved through the flood because they believe God's word. Isaiah prophesied upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, and so here again the fulfillment is twofold. Often in the Old Testament, short term, long term. In Second Samuel chapter seven, verse twelve through sixteen, the short term was going to be the son of David, Solomon, who would sit upon the throne. But the long term fulfillment and final fulfillment was through the seed of David. Jesus would be born, and he would sit upon a throne that would be forever. And so you have the short term as well as the long term. Paul uh, phrased it like this, born according to the seed of David after the flesh in Romans 1.3. The connection. You look at the genealogy of Mary and Joseph. They both were the line of David. One of them canceled out because of Jeconiah, but the other one was. But it doesn't matter because Joseph was not the father. Mary was the mother and the Holy Spirit was the father. So there's no violation at all through the prophecy that Jeconiah, none of his relatives, would ever sit upon the throne. So you have two genealogies that prove both of them were of the line of the throne. One is an ascension. The other was a descension. And God's word just fits perfectly all together. Notice Isaiah prophesied to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. The kingdom will be a righteous one. Um, no injustice will take place Uh, no one will argue about the consequences of the judgment no one will be able to say that jesus made mistakes he is the epitome of truth and holiness so true judgment due to the fact that he sees and knows all things true justice for he has perfect wisdom there is no mistake possible Notice Isaiah prophesied from that time forward and forever, so the time would be according to God's plan. Again, preparatory from the Old Testament shadows and types and, and prophecies. Also, the New Testament is the fulfillment. In Galatians 4:4, 4, 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the Son, made of a woman, under the law. Right on time, when the world was one under Rome. When the roads were all over for travel to spread the gospel, when there was one world language, Greek, right on time, the gospel went throughout the world. But notice also in verse 7 here that Isaiah prophesied, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. The Lord of hosts means the captain of the armies of heaven. God would bring to pass the birth of Jesus conceived through the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1.20. Luke tells us also, Jesus was perfect. He says, I do always those things that please the Father in John eight twenty nine, None of us can say that. If we said that, people would laugh at us. Nebuchadnezzar declared this for all to know after he regained his sanity. He says, "And at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised him and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, for he does according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done?" Daniel 4:34 and35. He's in control. Now, though he's in control, he allows free will. That bothers us. You should thank him for your free will. Because when he judges you, he judges you according to your decision. If he judged you without giving you a choice, then he would be unjust. He gives you a choice to choose. So your judgment has no excuse if you reject Jesus Christ. Choice is necessary. In the midst of our chaotic world, God is in complete control on all that is going on. Yet he is not responsible for the evil, as I said. But evil cannot thwart the ultimate purposes or will of God. And yet he is not biting his nails, wondering if he's able to fulfill the prophecies and promises that he's given to us. He knows he can there are so many in the world today that um, mock the coming again of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't change the fact that he is coming. He is coming. Second Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10 speaks about him coming to punish the ungodly. Notice thirdly there in 6, the nature of his office. Isaiah prophesied his name is called Wonderful. It means extraordinary or marvelous. He's the last Adam, the one to redeem fallen man, Romans 5, 12. The one just like Adam, but without sin. Adam failed, brought in sin and death. The last Adam did not fail, but he redeemed us from sin and death. He would be meek and gentle, Matthew 11:29 29 tells us. He would be the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus in 1 Timothy 2, 5. The go-between, the umpire, to lay-his-hand on both of us, the negotiator, if you will, he would bring light to those who are darkness, give them hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Matthew 4 16, Isaiah 9, 2 that we see here. Notice Isaiah prophesied his name will be called counselor, which means advisor. Today, we're big on counselors, right? And yet people will go to shrinks and psychologists to counsel them, and yet many of them have messed up marriages, and they're giving counsel about marriage. How interesting. They've been divorced and married two, three, four times, and yet you're there for marriage, your first marriage. What does he have to teach you? Absolutely nothing. Yet Jesus is that great counselor. He's the one that gives us wisdom if you read the Proverbs. It speaks about the godly man, the ungodly man, the ungodly woman, the godly woman, the big difference. But again, godliness is between me and God, how I live. Righteousness is how I conduct myself between you and I on the horizontal level. Without godliness, without having a relationship with God, then it's impossible for me to be moral and ethical towards you. If I don't have a relationship with God, then I use my relationship to you for my advantage, for for what's good for me, for what's beneficial for me. The only way I can live right is if I'm right with God. So Jesus, the faithful counselor, he tells us as it is. He says, Xavier, you need to repent. He told me this in 1973. Not because he hated me, but because he knew I was headed for hell. And I had a choice to believe him and repent or to walk away. Many of my friends walked away. Others came to Christ, but few And yet one of my best friends just came to Christ after 40 years of praying and visiting him. So, who have you given up on? (laughs) What if somebody would have given up on you? Isaiah, a prophet, his name is called Mighty God. Jesus is God, evident by his name, Yahweh Shua, the contraction of Jehovah's salvation. Joshua is the name of that contraction, Joshua is the Hebrew name of the Greek name Jesus. Jesus is Yahweh's salvation, and so Jesus is God evident from His perfection and sinlessness. He was born without sin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. He asked people, "Which of you convict me of sin?" In John eight forty six, nobody ever took him up on it. No one. Hebrew seven twenty six tells us that he is undefiled, separate from sinners. He's become higher than the heavens. That is said of no man, only of Jesus. Jesus got evident from his declaration. Thomas called him my Lord, my God in John 20, 28. Thomas said, unless I see his prince in in, in the spirit, I I won't believe it." Thomas, put your hand here. My Lord, my God. The centurion at the cross says, truly this man was the son of God in Mark 15, 39. He's called God by the Father. And that his throne is forever in Hebrews 1.8. God the Father calls him God. Jesus being God is mighty. He created all things, Colossians 1.16. He destroyed him with the power of death, Satan. In Hebrews 2.14. He defied the grave, shield; It couldn't hold him, Acts 2.24 tells us. And he raised himself from the dead, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. The Father raised him from the dead. The Spirit raised him from the dead. All the three persons of the Trinity were involved. You can't separate them. And notice Isaiah prophesied everlasting Father, Father of eternity, the fatherhood of Jesus in view of the nature of his work of redemption and love, for he is distinct from the Father. The Old Testament distinction of the Godhead is developed very clearly, and it's fully developed much clearer in the New Testament. But clearly from Genesis to Revelation, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father set the plan, the Son was the channel, and the agent is the Holy Spirit who is working on behalf of the Son. He's a silent witness of Jesus. He never speaks of himself, he always speaks of Jesus. He never adds to Jesus' word. He never takes away from his word. He only sheds light on his words completely. And Jesus said, I and the Father are one. You have seen me has seen the Father in John 10, 30 and other passages. And so Jesus said to the Jews, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. I I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Am, John 8 56 and 58. I am back in the Old Testament. Over and over again we find Jesus declared to be God Himself. Very, very clearly. It isn't something sporadic. But notice Isaiah prophesied his name is called Prince of Peace. The angel sang at the shepherd's field, as you know, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will towards men in Luke 2 14. What an incredible night. Can you imagine being there? What an incredible, incredible night. To who did he reveal this to? Shepherds. <laughs> the lowest of people in the country. Jesus told his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14:27. So, Jesus is the one who gives us that peace. That peace of past understanding. Paul said, therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 5.1. It's the only way. We cannot be justified by works or anything else, only by the grace and the work of Jesus Christ having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments containing in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, Jew and Gentile, thus making peace, Ephesians 2.15. The hatred between the Gentile and the Jew was incredible. We think about the white and black today in the world. Let me tell you, do a little history between the Jew and the Gentile. It was horrific, and yet he made peace through them. You had a Jew sitting down, you had a Gentile sitting down, both born again. They were brothers in Christ. If you're a believer, don't you let anybody divide you because of your race, because of your economic background, or because of anything else. You are one in Christ Jesus. If you've repented, you're my brother, you're my sister. Let no one divide you. Not a politician, not an educator. No one, yet one in Christ. Person described the loving way God meets his need this way. Beneath me, green pastures. Besides me, still waters. With me, my shepherd. Before me, a table. Around me, mine enemies. After me, goodness and mercy. Beyond me, the house of the Lord. And I can attest to you after 42 years of walking with the Lord, but a blink of an eye. That's how fast it's been, that God has been so good. I deserve absolutely nothing that I received. It's just the mercies of God. That's all it is, man. That you and I can fellowship with one another, that you and I can worship Jesus Christ in a country that is still free, that you and I can proclaim the good news to others, That you and I can enter into a friendship and a fellowship that is far beyond our convenience and our own selfishness and that we can be honorable and honest and upright with each other is an absolute miracle that only God can bring about. So Jesus is quite different. That young woman was there that night and the angel came upon her, Gabriel says, that which conceived with use of the Holy Spirit. That's how it's gonna be possible. How can this be possible? because the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Joseph's concern, Gabriel visits him, he says, get back, Joseph, don't freak out. This is of the Lord. Mary, Mary, take care of her. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What would you have done, gentlemen? Would you have believed that your virgin engaged right to be found pregnant was conceived of the Holy Spirit would you have been as righteous as Joseph or would you have taken the way out I probably would have taken the way out that's how bad I am thank God for Joseph (laughs) Isaiah has laid bare the Messiah your Lord and Savior if you choose him to be so right now he's just your God who created you but what a greater gift can you give to the Lord than your heart, that he forgive you, that he give you a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind, a new hope. It's not going to be pie in the sky. In fact, I can guarantee you that if you decide to be born again, you'll probably have more difficulties to start with than solutions, because now you're light and everything around you that you've lived around is darkness. And you can't live the way you used to, but he will enable you, he will empower you, he will guide you, he will direct you, he will not leave you. He will be so faithful. As you get into the word of God, as you pray, as you fellowship, as you grow, as you walk with him, you'll never have any complaints against him. (laughs) I guarantee you. And so the nature of his office is to meet All our needs by the love of God. Here's Isaiah's message, these three things. The mystery of his birth is revealed by God. The character of his kingdom is eternal as God. And the nature of his office is to meet all our needs by the love of God. He has no agenda. God's love gives. He never takes. He doesn't
0: need to. Pastor Xavier Reese, presenting the gift that is God's Son, Christ the Savior, this Christmas. And CD copies of today's special study from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, titled Jesus, God's Son and Gift, are available for just $4. And by the way, we'll also be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So the title to ask for once again is Jesus, God's Son and Gift. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And on behalf of all of us at Simple Truths, Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and Pastor Xavier Reese, may God bless you and yours with a warm and very Merry Christmas as you celebrate the birth of the Son and Savior, Jesus Christ.